What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Live from the bunker, deep in the heart of the Ozarks. Coming to you with pop culture, only pop culture, and just pop culture. <laughs> it's Aaron, Danae, and Josh the on Sif Pop. Good. That was so good. Thank you. The critic, the geek, and the girl. I don't know why I did that. I think I was trying to one-up you, but I can't. You did a good job. No, I thought I thought that was fine. Nothing can top that voice. I don't. It's just. It's just a voice. I, I, you know, you just lower your register. Go ahead. Live You've got to come through, come through the, the throat. Live from the bunker. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, I want to get you a Scooby snack. So, <laughs> I don't know, you know how, I don't like, know what that is. when your range is too high, your voice cracks? Yes. Opposite for me. That's when nice. When it's too low, the voice cracks. That's nice. You, you do a lot of voices, though. You are a mimicker. I am a mimicker. So, in fact, we were just the other day you mimicked one of my boys and they said stop making fun of me and you Uh, said you get that all the time people think you're making fun of them because you like to imitate voices i I do it without thinking about it i love the way i I love sound just Uh different sounds whether it's a a musical instrument or something that i hear in nature or a human voice yeah it's instinctive i instinctively want to try to see if i can recreate it with my Mm -hmm. own vocal cords yeah and people do misunderstand that I'm making fun of them. How do you handle that them. when somebody thinks you're making fun of them? I immediately meet them right there in that moment and say, I am not trying to make fun of you. I you am apologize so sorry. to them? Do yeah, you apologize oh, to them in their own voice? <laughs> <laughs> no, that is the wrong moment to do that. Oh, <laughs> uh, you ready to shoe a doe? I'm ready to shoe a doe. Yeah, we're going to talk Terminator Genesis today. And uh, the SIF pop happens every Friday at noon. If you're listening on podcast, you can join us live. If you're listening live, you can download it later as a podcast. Either way works. Uh, it is live or later. And this show is hosted by the critic, the geek, and the girl. The critic is Aaron Dicer, who is actually a movie critic. The geek, we have a special guest, Josh Childs, joining us today. Hi, Josh. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> and the girl's me because I'm a girl. Yes, that's exactly how it works. Josh is from uh, the YouTube channel The Nether Region, also involved in many other projects. Anything you want to you want to talk about right here at the top, so people kind of know where to find you and know who you are? Um, yeah, you can come to our uh, at Nether underscore Region on Twitter. Um, uh, we've got a our, our YouTube channel, The Nether Region. Um, which uh, does not ha- has a lot of great stuff on there, but nothing new because we are still working. As I mentioned last time, we're working on something top secret right now. So he won't so tell us what it is. Mm-mm. We don't. I won't tell anybody. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then also part of a, a thing called the Jeff Durham Show, um, and you can find us on Twitter on YouTube as well. Um, but it is a half hour real time improv comedy show. But very, very cool. Well, we are we are pleased to have you back on. We love having you on as our geek for these. And we're going to talk a little bit of Terminator Genesis. Welcome to those who are joining us in the live chat. Uh, I see Humberto in there and Bonnie and some others. Some of you are joining us uh, from other places. Like I know the show streams from our, our website. website. So mm-hmm. you may be listening there. That's great as well. Uh, if you're listening there, we don't see your name. So, you know, we can't say hi. We in can't person. say hi in person to you. But if you listen on Mixler and sign in on Mixler and do the chat thing there, then then we kind of interact that way. So thanks for doing that. So you guys ready to talk some Terminator Genesis? Terminator Genesis. Genesis with a Y in there somewhere. Genesis. Genesis. It's, the British, it's the British spelling. How is that what it is? <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, we'll, that suddenly makes this movie make so much sense. <laughs> I think. I think uh, we'll we'll have it's to see if we piece. if we find favor with an O U R with this movie. So, just a heads up: <laughs> as you're listening to this movie review of Terminator Genesis, we try our best not to movie spoil. And if we do decide to go into some detail that we think might give away plot lines for you, we try to give you a little bit of a heads up. I wouldn't worry about that with this one. <laughs> <laughs> 
would like for somebody to spoil me, and I've seen the movie. So <laughs> if somebody could tell me what happens at the end, I'd appreciate it. Also, it's not it's this movie's hard to talk about without spoilers. Yeah, because it's so like it's so specific. The issues are so specific. Yeah, we will do our best uh, to make sure if you choose to go to this movie, you have to have a good movie going experience. We are a little looser on these longer form shows like Sift Pop with the spoiler thing. It will sneak in every once in a while, but we do do our best to make sure we give you yeah, as that's, pure an experience said, as possible. You said doo-doo. <laughs> <laughs> you said doo-doo. <laughs> and we're off. <laughs> Thanks, Josh. Thanks. I appreciate that. So Terminator Genesis is the fifth movie in the Terminator franchise uh, following James Cameron's uh, seminal film, Terminator, in 1984. And then T2 was, I think, 1991. And then after yeah. that was, what, Terminator... Uh, Rise of the Machines, Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines, and Terminator yeah. Salvation. And I don't remember exactly when those happened, but I know Christian Bale was in one of them. Wasn't there like a live Broadway show too? <laughs> no. no. There was a TV show oh, for yeah. a while, yeah. the Sarah Connor Chronicles. There was there was a uh, broad, uh, there is, um, uh, it's Terminator the second. It's a Shakespeare version. It's a Elizabethan version of Terminator 2. That makes a lot of sense. You're absolutely right. There was a... A, a stage version of it. And uh, watching Shakespeare seems, you know, on the nose compared to watching Terminator. It's a lot easier to figure out uh, the bard than it is what's going on in this movie. Um, <laughs> what's that? Convoluted. Yeah, a little convoluted. <laughs> yeah, just a little well, bit. Not just convoluted, but they gave all of the hard words and technical words and exposition to Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> that it's is not, true. That it is was true. hard to follow him because he could you know him saying cellular so, on a cellular level on a, <laughs> on a cellular so what's what's happening is is we call the nexus and when the nexus on the cellular level yeah that was the whole movie that was that's, good thank yeah. you i appreciate it anytime i yeah. get to get a chance to do an arnold <laughs> <laughs> um so let's let's speak in generalities to start off with at least uh josh we're going to start with you coming out of this movie you know, how did you feel? Did you like it overall? Did you not like it overall? What do you think? Um, generally speaking, we'll get into specifics, but generally speaking, it was about what I expected. Okay. Um, so it was not a good movie, but I I was not prepared for uh, a, a great movie. So there, I was able to find moments that I that I enjoyed in the overall process. Okay. Today, what do you think? That's my that's my general. Sure, sure. <laughs> I think I'm I'm the same. Yeah. Yeah. I was not expecting much, but I was still disappointed. Like I okay. I, I still came away thinking that's a bad movie, you know, <laughs> overall. Um not one I can recommend even to like a Terminator fan in my in my opinion. And maybe this especially will... not especially not a Terminator fan. Right, actually. exactly. And I think that's the most disappointing part of it is and Danae had never seen any of the Terminator movies. I want to talk about this. Why don't you go ahead? Yeah, go ahead and talk about that experience. Well, Having never seen any Terminator from, you know, any of the previous movies, I asked my friends on Facebook if I should see the originals before I went into this one. And I am so thankful they said yes, because I watched the original Terminator in the morning, and then we went to go see the movie in the afternoon. I was, like, hours fresh into this world when I watched Genesis. And I think I would have been so confused... I mean, the movie is confusing because, as Aaron said, it, it folds in on itself. Like, I was trying to come up with some words for it. So it kind of, like, it references itself a lot. It's recursive. You you really nice. probably should know Terminator lore, I mm-hmm. guess, going in. They do explain some of it uh, as you go on, but I was really glad to have, like, that baseline. But... um. But yeah, that was a really interesting experience because I had just been introduced to this entire world. And then I watched most of the second one before we went into the movie. So then I went in for an experienced, you know, Genesis. So, and, th- and that experience helps, especially when a movie like this is so referential of those other movies. I, yeah. Because I had just watched the original Terminator, when this movie starts off, um, there are some like, you know, tit for tat scenes where it's yeah. the exact same. Like if you would, because I had just watched the original, I was like, are we remaking this movie exactly? Because the, the exact same dump truck, 
the exact same look, you know, on the guy. The guy has the exact same, you know, cigar in his mouth. And then there's the exact same homeless guy. Like the whole thing is so, so similar. But it was like this new revamp where we've added in modern technology for filmmaking. And so we're able to, you know, um, amplify some of what they couldn't do in 84. So I kind of got excited. I was like, oh, we're going to see some really cool robots. Yeah. And we do see some really cool robots. But the unfortunate part is the rest of it, you know, like as far as the plot and things like that, it just doesn't work. Well, I got excited. I actually got excited when this movie started and we were seeing the original from a different perspective. I th- yeah. As, as, yeah. as it's getting started, I'm like, ooh, this is a movie I'm interested in seeing. I'm interested in seeing this movie from Kyle Reese's perspective yeah. as opposed to Sarah Connor's. Yeah. And it was it reminded me of I don't know if you ever saw Lion King one and a half, but it's basically the story of the Lion King as told through Timon and Pumbaa's perspective. Yeah. And uh, and I was like, this is gonna be like Terminator one and a half. Like this is gonna be yeah. so much fun. Yeah. And then, but within, then suddenly no. then within seconds it was gone. Yep. And yeah. it was doing all this diff- this other stuff that was incomprehensible <laughs> and and um and often moronic. So- so there's something that's done in this movie, and maybe I'm going beyond in, in, from general conversation into some specific. No, you're good. Now. I think we all covered our general. Um, <laughs> l- l- X-Men, as an example. So X-Men has its storyline, and all the audiences are following along, and we have character deaths, and you know, then all of a sudden a new X-Men comes along, and it kind of just completely eliminates an entire possible storyline mm-hmm. and starts we would it go over. back actually go back probably to star trek first jj abrams star trek very much did that yeah yeah the good examples okay where they did a great job in the movie where we're back in this world and even though we're you know changing some things we're in it terminator does not do that well terminator like it's like it they were gonna go back in and revamp something and the plot line of this is so complex in some ways and then missing so much in other ways that I didn't walk away going yeah I want to see the next one I went away walking this entire movie was a setup for the next one yeah you know and so it was very disappointing um and I don't know if I'm more disappointed in it because I just watched the original so it's kind of like ooh, this is an interesting world oh okay I get it I mean, I've seen the iconic pictures. I've seen the iconic, you know, like moments. And that's been part Everybody of knows I'll be back. Everybody, Everybody knows yeah. come with me if you want to live. And I you know, know what the yeah. robot looks like. Like, I've seen that. But I had never really uh, got into the world of, you know, what's going on. And so I thought, oh, we can really give some depth to this entire world. And that is not what happened. <laughs> so no. I, I'll say that I probably, I don't know what the time in it was, but it was the first act maybe 30 maybe 40 minutes i was i was still in it completely and this is not i don't think this is a spoiler because it is all first act sort of stuff but they managed to weave together all the plots from the first movies right like they it's not just like nods at like winks at i'll be back and you know come with me if you want to live like actual plot like the character relationship between sarah connor and the terminator is basically John Connor and the Terminator's relationship in Terminator 2. It's that same sort of uh, patriarchal mentor, what, protector, mm-hmm. you know. And then this, the 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 obvious things to, to number one. Um, so it's play, and then you know, even well, yeah. So mainly the first two, but I was in. I was like, this is cool, and I it was even cool that they. When they were done with that, they were like, yeah, this is all this crazy stuff that's just spinning us into the real story, which is the second act, you know, when yeah. when things escalate. Right. But at that first act, you're like, you're seeing multiple different versions of Terminators, multiple, yes. like, like, all this great stuff. I'm like, holy crap, this is going to be yes. a fun ride. I and agree. And then they're like, well, now we're, not, we're done with that. Let's get on to the other story, which is something that you've all seen a million times already. And It felt pieced. It felt pieced together in that way. It felt like they were that you know they had a story they wanted to tell from you know 2017 or whatever, and so they just had to find a way to get there. So let's talk about that just a little bit. Let's kind of so for those of you who haven't seen it, kind of give it a little bit of a general idea. Get some more specifics. So in the original Terminator, you've got um, you know 
Arnold Schwarzenegger's character is the bad guy. And then in the second one, he's actually sent back as the protector. And there's been a new Terminator that's been sent, right? I was actually got a chance to watch the first part of Terminator 2 with you and watch you experience, like, wait a second. It was interesting to watch you because you have the cultural revelation that Arnold is the good guy. Like, you kind of had in your mind that that he was supposed to be the good guy. Well, in the first one, I was like, oh, look, Arnold's here. uh You know, and then I'm like, oh, he is not good. Guys, he is murdering (laughs) people. He is a bad, bad guy. And then in the second one, he appears, and I'm just like, "Uh uh-oh, you know? Mm -hmm. But they're playing bad to the bone when he arrives. And I'm like, why are they making him personal and giving him mm-hmm. like personality whenever he's this killer robot so the that scene when you know john connor as a kid is running down the hallway behind the arcade and the police guy comes out and arnold comes out i'm thinking the police guy is going to protect little john connor but it flips on me and i didn't expect that so yeah you were sitting there when it's I interesting it. to see somebody interact with that you know, 20 yeah. years after yeah. it was made, you know, it's like, yeah, I'm a little late. It still I'm works, a little late. but it still works. So you know? yeah. in, in this yeah. one, what they do in, in Terminator Genesis, what they do is they take each character and they really change it up again. And then they attempt to explain why this character has a totally new set of expectations, which as Josh, you were saying at the very beginning, it was kind of fun. It was like, Ooh, they're playing along. Uh, things have been changed in the timeline. So, yeah. You think that you know how this movie is going to start because you've seen Terminator 1, but it's and not it, starting and, that way. Yeah, and it felt like it was done by people who love what love the Terminator franchise. Not right. like not people who are trying to mess it up, but like actual fans of the of the the franchise. And then and then they gave that plot line to a whole bunch of time travel geeks and then things get really <laughs> strange. So Oh no. Oh no. I don't I don't I think they gave those things to Terminator geeks who don't understand anything about time travel and just made stuff up. So in in this film what happens is if um the Terminator there's I guess Are you it, are you about to really try to explain this cuz yeah. I would love to hear this. So <laughs> So when we're when we first see um the Terminator we're watching basically the first movie. When you're sitting down in Genesis, mm-hmm. you're watching this first movie unfold. But you're seeing it from um, the perspective of Kyle Reese, who is up there storming the gates and Terminator is sent back in time to go kill Sarah, just like we know. And then um, when they get to this, you know, like machines, so you're seeing the relationship between John Connor and, you know, Kyle Reese, which is really cool, kind of alluded to in the first movie is this really great person. And now you're seeing this relationship and you're seeing them talk to each other. It was really neat. I loved that. And then they're going to send Kyle Reese back in time to save Sarah. And then right at this moment is when things begin to shift and a Terminator appears to kill uh, John Connor right in that moment. And so when Kyle Reese is sent back in time to save Sarah, things are different. So he arrives in a timeline that has now been altered. And we're beginning to see like there's Terminators where they weren't supposed to be. And when Arnold's character shows up to like the punks, he's walking over to him. He's all naked. He's walking over (laughs) to him and he's going to like, you know, kill him just like we saw in the first movie. All of a sudden, old Arnold Schwarzenegger shows up. Old was it T eight hundred? By now we just need like spoiler flashing in red on this podcast somewhere. <laughs> like, no, we're we're still only like twenty no. minutes into the movie. This no. is all stuff that you see in this in the in the previews. Yes, all this stuff oh. is stuff you see in the previews. So this is where you realize. Okay, see, I wouldn't know that. I haven't seen the previews. So. There's two Arnold's. We're gonna talk about that in a second. One so. from the eighties. One from whatever year it is, you know, uh-huh. like, and you're like, what is going on? Why are they battling each other? And then it's all, everything kind of just starts to go from there. As so to here's, here's my thing. What is happening? From now on out, when people ask me why I don't like time travel movies. It's because of what I just I'm, tried to do. No, I'm just going to say Terminator. It's just going to be a one word answer. I'm just going to say Terminator because Terminator is the perfect example of why it's, it's so difficult to make a, congruent time travel movie especially when you want to make five in a row of them like it's just it's like you tell your kids if you tell a lie you're going to end up telling five more to back up that lie and then five more for each of those lies that's how time travel works you have to explain one thing in time travel and then if you make another movie you have to explain that thing plus five other things and then each thing needs its own you know understanding because at some point you have to throw out your 
understanding of Terminator and just go with this movie. <laughs> you really now, I'm do. A little, I'm a little disturbed that you just don't like t- uh, time travel movies. I, that's, Aaron, you should talk about that just a little bit. That's bothersome. Okay, so I'm I'm more than open to you throwing some time travel movies uh, at me. But there is one mo- time travel movie I love, and it is 12 Monkeys. I thought you were going to say Land Before Time, but that's not time travel. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> no. uh, 12 Monkeys is the one time travel movie that has the guts to say that everything is set and yet still tell a very compelling story in a very compelling way. So it because... Um, be, if time travel can change things, everything gets way too uh, recursive and paradoxical for my brain to not be distracted. This movie gave Aaron a migraine. I got you. It, it literally yeah. did. I literally came so home this, with a migraine. He really did. Well, this movie is, as far as concentration of time travel on a time travel movie, this is a master's class because <laughs> there is a lot. I mean, there really is a lot of stuff going on. And, and like I said before, Schwarzenegger is the one explaining everything. And it's hard to follow. Um, and even walking away, there was some stuff at the end that I didn't, like. I still was like, "Wait, how? Why don't? How does that work? How is that yeah, true?" Yeah, I'm with you on you that. Know? Well, in in every not movie... necessarily time travel related, but some of it was. Yeah, it, and it seems it was... like every time travel story now has that moment where somebody in the story goes, "Ah, it doesn't make sense. Just go with it." Like yeah. Looper, Looper had that scene. Between, you know, Bruce Willis or whatever, where it's like, you know, quit thinking about it and just, you know. Go with it. Go with it. And J.K. Simmons had some stuff like that in, you know, in this one where I know what you're going through must be complex. We're trying to save the world. I can go with that. You know, like, it's like. <laughs> he was my favorite character. He was. Well, yeah, he's great. He, he was my favorite every movie character. ever made. I will say, you know, we're talking a lot about like the com- the complexity of, of the time travel and you're. And that wasn't enjoyable. And some of the plot really just was uh, unfortunate. It had a lot of potential, I thought, in in the first act. I was really excited. Um, But I did think just going straight in for a movie, just watching a movie, there are a couple things I really loved. Um, I really liked the new Sarah Sarah Connor. I thought she did a great job. I thought she was fun to watch. I love that she's a short chick. Um, There's a moment when you can clearly see the heights of – each of the people that are, you know, we're looking at. Yeah, it was and she's the, like the, five... ca- the characters, not the actors, by the way. Yeah. There's uh, no way Schwarzenegger is six four, so whatever. Really? Yes, he's not he's no, like he's not a tall yeah, guy. Really? He's not a tall no. man, no. He is just built. hmm Well, that is true. See, that's me. I'm I, I believe things too quickly. I love that I but, but she, she but she probably really was that short. She's short in stature. When she walks I can tell I'm like, Yeah, short girl on film. Woo <laughs> So I liked that. But anyways Besides her height, she did a great job acting. I thought, I think she did a really good job in that. I don't, uh, there was a couple of things I didn't like uh, from time to time. I mean, we won't comment on Arnold's ability to act at all. I don't think we need to. Okay, let's okay, move on. Good. I appreciate you moving us away from the, the major negative, at least from my opinion, which is how convoluted it is, to some of the things we like about the movie. Because you're right, there is some good movie making done yeah. here. I oh think the goodness. action is shot the well. The action was so fun. I think the Guys, visuals we were a, nice. There's, I mean, spoiler, spoiler. There's a helicopter like action scene. I haven't seen a really fun helicopter action scene in a while. It was really fun. It was like weird, weird, and it was really cool and it was clean. I watched it in IMAX uh, 3D. That it was clean. It was fun. Uh. I could follow everything really well. The CG was awesome. Uh, Terminator, like you know, you you gotta expect that they're gonna have you know a, like a robot cool looking robot and they, mm-hmm. they definitely have an amazing looking robot and they really do fu- they do fun stuff they hit all that like fun terminator stuff you see uh in all the previous movies and i don't always i saw in one and a half movies i should say and <laughs> that was really fun just like those the lines that they picked up on it i don't know i really had so a good, good. time some with great that. stuff going in the comments i wanted to mention somebody okay. says somebody says ha spoiler alert there's a helicopter <laughs> <laughs> You should. Let me just tell you there's you two Terminators should. and not say spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> no, spoiler alert, guys. There's a whirly bird. Uh, there's, a hel- there's a helicopter helicopter chase. Yes. Which actually, is, there's two. So the spoilers, there's two helicopters. <laughs> That's right. And, That's and this, this action movie, you know, of course, like all action movies, there's some completely unbelievable stuff that happens that's also pretty cool. Yeah. Like the helicopter chase. Like the helicopter chase. <laughs> That was pretty amazing. Josh, you mentioned wanting to talk about the fact that I hadn't seen the trailers to this movie. Why is that uh, interesting to you? Um, so, 
we've all we we've all seen a, enough movies. We've all been doing this long enough that uh, that we all crave surprise in a movie, right? We want to be surprised. We want to be like, sure. Um, and this movie had in the trailer. There's some pretty big spoilers that I would have loved to have witnessed in in the real time. And I don't understand. I know they did it on purpose. And I don't know if they were scared that people wouldn't come see the movie unless they thought, oh, look, they're doing something different. But there was, I mean, including the, the reveal of the main, the main bad guy. Was in the like tra- that, trailer? That was in the trailer. Oh, no. And see, so I didn't see that, that. There was a whole sequence. Ugh. I mean, there was like all this tension build that they built into the movie that was wasted on anybody who saw the trailer. I hate that. That's one of my major pet peeves. I try not to watch the trailers. Um, the ones that I see are really short, and I usually always try to look away super fast. Or you yeah. watch you watch trailers of movies you know you probably aren't going to see either. Like if we're talking about a movie that you're not going to you yeah. know end up going to watch, uh, you watch the trailer for it so we can kind of have some discussion on you know your opinions. Because on it. as always, sure. you can assume a lot about what you see in the trailers. There's only been a couple of times in recent history where they've put in things that weren't even in the movie mm-hmm. to track. Sure. I think that'd be such well, a smart use. Well, well, not only that, I thought, like, if it's in the trailer, oh, that's information that they'll throw away or they'll dump early in the movie. So it's, it's exciting, but yeah. it's not, like, plot point hinging. And this was plot point hinging. It was really, it really bothered me. I so, think I, I, I would have at least loved that tension a little more or respected it more um, had, had that been the case. So it's in, it's in the trailer that a uh, very certain someone, who we're not going to spoil right now, is sure. actually the uh, malevolent force behind it? That person? Not the malevolent force, but the uh, acting force. The acting force. Sorry the acting, for the uh, code word, everybody. I mean, I feel like it's in the like a lot of times the rule <laughs> we use. If it's in the trailer, we can talk about it. But I, you know, I don't want to expose yeah. anybody's experience. Well, I will tell you the scene that I think you're referencing, wanting to have that tension. I had that tension in. I I did. I, did I was I was wondering. I did too. You know, who, who is this person? You know, yeah. what are their motives? You know, there, and, there were some really good parts. And the reveal of this film. was a good reveal. I thought it was a decent reveal. So as we kind of come to a close on our portion of the conversation about Terminator Genesis, would you recommend this film? That's one of the things I wonder. Yeah, Josh, what I'm you- gonna I'm gonna say not at the theater where people have to spend money, but. You know, if they want to spend two bucks on Redbox, yes. If they're as long as they know what they're getting into. Yeah, if you know that you're getting into, you know, just an action film that things that shouldn't work, really convenient plot lines, things just open up and like, oh, it's just right here, so we'll do this. You know, if you, if that kind of stuff doesn't bother you, or you just you like the Terminator series, I would yeah. say rent it. But I don't. Or, or if you want to see Jack Courtney or Schwarzenegger's butts. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Although the original butt was a lot better than this butt. Just, just saying. <laughs> Thanks, Danae. No Your problem. perspective on that no is, is much needed. That's that's why you're the I girl. had very fresh perspective. perspective. I had just watched it, so I had a very clear comparison. <laughs> yes, you did. Did she, say, did she say she had a fresh perspective on the Ew, butt? Ew. <laughs> don't think about it like that. I, Would you recommend it? Aaron, your mom is watching. That are listening oh, to this, know, isn't right? it? My mom <laughs> At some is. point. At some Sorry. point. Sorry, mom. Sorry. Um, I would. I'm no, no. No, I wouldn't even recommend it for Redbox for somebody, especially if you're built like me, where where your brain is just going to be so distracted by trying to figure out what's going on that you yeah. can't enjoy the movie. Um, and it's unfortunate because, like you said, there are some, there is some good movie making going on here. There's just not good storytelling going on here. And especially considering the universe that it lives in, it just, it just folds in on itself too much. And I, I just, I, I couldn't recommend it. I have one thing I want to mention before we move on. So do I. So you okay. go first. So I guess. And Josh, if you've got one it, thing, one if thing. you've got one thing before we go, you've, you, you've got your, your okay. table. Too. I do, but I think mine's more of a transition. So it'll be okay. helpful. Cool. Okay. So my one thing. In the first Terminator, there is a part of the film where they, uh, I think it's when he's removing his eyeball, and we see for the first time the animatronic version of Arnold's face. Mm-hmm. And You're talking to Terminator Terminator 1, the, the original. Very, yeah, the, the original. The first one, yeah. Yes, yes. And when I watched that, of course- Spoiler. I, <laughs> when I watched that, I was like, Whoa. This is so old school. This is so fun. Like, look at this old tech, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so in Terminator Genesis, there is a moment when we're seeing, you know, Arnold 
1980 something, you know, and and it reminded me of that moment whenever it's like a it was like his face, but it was like his young face. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that is so interesting to see how technology has changed. It's not that they, you know, put on prosthetics or anything. It was just they took his face and they CG'd it to where he looked like he did when he was a, you know, this young buck. And that was fascinating to me. And it reminded me of just how far tech has come in the last 20 years. I just wanted to mention that was kind of a fun thing to and, and my brain immediately goes, how far will technology go? Like they've talked for the last several years about the eventuality where you don't even need the actor. You just need their digital representation. Yeah. That like it'll be hologram, so good hologram, that, that, that they'll hologram. pass that uncanny valley, so to speak, and you'll buy into that as the actual person. If you do watch it, um, that part where you're seeing Arnold CG'd up as his young self glance up to his hairline you will see gray it bothered me uh-huh. Aaron, your turn <laughs> nice. hey, well, Aaron, have you seen the congress by the way speaking of that that you know that future of the, the actors not being needed just their image or their mm-hmm. likeness there's a movie called the congress that is actually that deals with that it's really fascinating it's really trippy it's part animation actually but it's it's got robin wright penn in it but she plays herself she sells her image and her like you go with her image on, on the rest of the journey, like into animated world where it's oh, not about act. It's just, it's really bizarre and trippy, but it it talks about the, the exact thing that you're talking no. about. No, I haven't seen that. That's that's a something maybe to look at. That's that's really really interesting. I think it's. I mean, it makes a lot of sense money wise. Uh, I'm sure the actors fear it quite a bit. Of course, they will have I'm sure rights to their own you know digital. You know, representation, but it's it's a crazy. Not in the Congress, she didn't. <laughs> Got to be careful so Aaron, what contract you what's sign. What's your one thing remaining yeah. for Terminator Genesis before you we touched move on. on it? I want to go a little bit deeper. I felt like this movie was franchise set up through and through. I felt like they were looking to expand the universe, like Marvel has done, and looking to set up more and more movies. And I think the movie suffers deeply for it. I think they underuse characters because they think they've got them for future movies. You know, J.K. Simmons is a perfect example. Great character in the movie, barely there. But in their mind, they're going, oh, he's more in the next movie. He's more in, you Mm. know, this spinoff or this thing or whatever. And I think the movie overall suffers from the fact that it that it wants to be part of a, a larger whole. When if you look at the best expanded universe movies, like the Marvel movies, they are complete storytelling you know, capsules yeah. themselves. They do not depend on being part of a larger universe to work. That stuff informs it and is a bonus and makes it better, but they don't need it to be a great story. And that's, that's something I felt like this movie completely missed the mark on. So I did want to mention that. I would agree. I, I would even say if you take it all the way back to the best Terminator, which is number one, which I think is – I mean there, there's some arguments between one and two for people. But I think if you laid it all out, more people would say number one is the best. And number one was a compartmentalized little indie story. Mm-hmm. You know, a horror movie. That, I mean it was, it's what it, it was designed as a horror movie, not an action movie. Yep. Yeah, it was um, – pretty jarring and, and it feels like like that's what i was hoping well, it's like what rock the rocky franchise did right when they went back and did rocky balboa they they scaled it all back again got rid of all like whatever the commercialism and just like this is about it's a character to start with and we're taking it right back to that if they had done something like that i'd been more interested um but you're right and that plays into the fact that they were trying to set up a whole new franchise it, it read it, it watched a little more like a teeny bopper uh, book to film, yeah, like the yeah. one they're all doing right now. Yeah, you know, That's like exactly oh, right. stay tuned for Terminator. You know the mocking trials. You heard, you heard me. Mocking divergent. <laughs> yes. So, so my last thing I, that that was coming on that. My last thing I want to say is, speaking of time travel movies that, that you might like, um, Predestination. Did you ever see that one? It's it's fairly new. It's got Ethan Hawke. No, um, it's, it's a little indie, under the radar drama. It's it's a bit um, nihilistic, it, it, same as Twelve Monkeys, mm-hmm. in that it's it's really bold and kind of what it's set out to do. Um, but it, for you, I would say it's that's worth a watch. I don't know about the general public if they would like it. If you like time travel movies, it's worth a watch. But if you are angry at time travel movies, it's worth a watch. And it's either going to make you even more angry or 
you'd be like, yeah, I appreciate what the guy, these guys try to do with this one. Yeah, it sounds like something I would I would absolutely enjoy. Uh, and that you're right, that does make a great transition into kind of our second topic. I saw a movie this week called Me, Earl, and the Dying Girl. Uh, it was raved about at the Sundance Film Festival. It got a standing ovation, won the grand jury prize. Everybody loved it. Uh, and it finally came here locally, and so uh, I got a chance to see it this week. And it is a clever and fun and interesting and deep and emotional movie like a lot of these movies are. But what it got me thinking about was how do these kind of movies find success in a modern blockbuster age where everything seems to have to be big and like we talk about expanded universes and all that kind of stuff. Um, and we can talk a little bit about the movie itself if, if you have any you know questions about it or thoughts about it, or I can go a little bit deeper into it if you want. But I just wonder from you guys... Are there movies like that that you fall in love with? And, you know, is there a place for those movies? And where is that place? The internet. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to the next topic. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, that, I, yeah. that's, that's uh, the, such an expansive world and you're so connected to fans. If you know how to utilize the power of the internet and build community digitally, if you know how to do that and move people that way, you can have a great success with a film. It's just, it so? might not be, well, it depends on what your version of yeah, success is. Yeah, if your version true. of success is blockbuster, then probably not. You know, you might not have major brands backing your, you know, your, uh, whatever you're doing, your project. But, sure. you know, for example, you know, Aaron and I, you've got traditional radio, you've got traditional, you know, kinds of ways to do shows. And then you've got people who are, taking a different route because we have a different version or different vision for what we're doing so and we've got our toes dipped in both those oceans we do and And so right now our show happens because our fans support us because we have people who are willing to go i love what you guys are doing and i want to make sure it keeps going and so we're literally supported just like a film could be supported by the fans so i think if you understand the the power that we have just because we're, we can be community digitally, then I like to think that anybody could do it. But I mean, money is important when you have to pay actors and actresses and all that stuff. Josh, what do you think? I, and I was, Josh, your perspective is really valuable on this too, because you've made a movie, like a yeah. legitimate <laughs> film. <laughs> like you've so done this. You've, you've directed. Legitimate. Is, yeah, no. <laughs> hey, I no. saw the movie. It is legitimate. It is right very on. well I, done. Here, here. So there's a few, there's a few things, kind of a, a explosion of thoughts actually on this there there is um proven success and and a proven track record with this and i think it's still going strong i think a, the, like a perfect example right now is the duplass brothers um who are have their, their indie films were so popular and they've become such a uh, whatever a mark on uh modern society or whatever the zeitgeist they've got their own hbo television show now little family drama. I don't know if it's family. It's, a you know, the togetherness. Um, so they've actually proven that this is still viable or whatever. And they're, like, true indie as well. They're not – like, this movie, Me, Earl, and the Dying Girl, um, which, by the way, is right up my alley. Like, I love um, indie film, but I love, like, coming-of-age stories. I'm a Have sucker you seen for it, it every time. No, but the trailer looks amazing. It's and incredible. So it is. It is like somebody made a foreign – art film that is also an american teenage coming of age drama like it's I like love it. it's some it's it's really incredible and it's it's self-referential and meta in all the right ways mm-hmm. um uh, yeah so it's well, good stuff. so so there's a so there's a uh, even a variance in indie cinema like with, with that movie i'm I, don't, I haven't seen it but i'm gonna guess the do you know what the budget is um five oh, ten million maybe? yeah i'm guessing over ten million okay so even that versus what the Duplass brothers do, which are always like under, I don't know, hundred thousand dollars or whatever, you know, and it's all like scrapped together and put together, and so even within indie film, like like Me Earl and Dying Girl is probably some of these actors' pet project that because there's a lot of um, bigger names in some of the like the supporting roles. Yes. So they get behind it, and so that falls into the category of like the way way back. Or um, what's the um, oh gosh some uh, um, oh crap the one set in the eighties um, that was the other coming of age it was really music mm. oh perks of being a perks of being a wallflower okay 
like these are all i feel like they're all kind of in that same realm which is still like in the horror realm a, a, a few million dollars yeah not, in the horror you know, realm there was the movie it follows that came out just a, yeah, a few months that ago was kind a big, of, that was a big one yeah kind of the same thing so yeah I, I hear what you're saying there's kind of levels of of what's going on and there's indie levels yeah yeah and then there's youtube <laughs> that's, right. yeah, that's true that's true but i do think i do agree with you today that the like that is the future right and i think the indie filmmakers are the ones that are going to get there first um, they have then, to they have be the, well they already are in some respect too. yeah you, know? you have to you have to be willing to if you if you're passionate about getting out something that is as expensive as making a film <laughs> which i'm guessing is expensive because you're saying millions and hundreds of thousands and Guys, I, yeah. I, I have bills due. I can't do that. But, you know, <laughs> if you're passionate about it and you want it to exist, you have to be willing to use your resources. And, you know, your fans on the Internet are a huge resource. So the, the flip side of that, too, is because you're making these movies for sm- smaller budgets, for a smaller target audience or whatever, you don't need the same. Like a success story isn't doesn't have to be – you don't have to have Avengers – money coming in to make it a sure. success yeah so i i think that's true it, it really truly is your definition of success if your definition is of success you know is that you make a certain amount of profit after the film um maybe comparatively percentage wise there are equally successful films that just didn't have as big of a budget uh will it reach that wide of people i mean m- probably not because me the gigantic cannonball of media when you're on like Hollywood level where you can do all the commercials and all of the radio and all of that. I mean, that's hitting a huge audience, but the long tail, if you've got someone who's extremely passionate about an indie film, they talk about it for the rest of their lives. When, you know, some of these other films, like the one we saw today, or we t- are talking about today, you know, Genesis, that's, it's going to just go in the back of our mind. Um, yeah, hopefully <laughs> <laughs> or completely no, I, out. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I actually have a very like a very firsthand sort of example too, but that might fall better in like at the end of the show when we're okay. talking about some because it's it's a it's a closer to my heart sort of project, sure. but it definitely yeah. falls in this umbrella. But we can save it. I'll talk about it at the end. Okay, so we're going to move on to a segment here on Sif Pop. It's time for a round of Do We Care? Do We Care? <laughs> Super fun. This is when Aaron is sifting through pop culture media mm-hmm. and he reads kind of some stuff going on in the news and we decide, do we care? You can play along if you're in the chat on Mixler. And thank you guys again so much for the audience that we have on Mixler right now and those who are just streaming, maybe not actually on the Mixler website and logged in. We can't see your names, yeah, but we Brenton know you're there. I see and Jennifer have both joined us since we mentioned mentioned it. So thank you for thank coming by. Thank you guys by. for stopping in. And for those who are streaming on the podcast, you can always uh, leave comments. We make blog posts about these. So if you had thoughts during that, we would still love to you know, kind of connect with you. So do we care? Are you ready to go, Mr. All right, Neiser? so here's what's going to happen. I'm going to read you a pop culture headline in Danae and Justin or in the chat. You mean you- Josh? I'm sorry, Josh. My husband's name is Justin. Yes. Although, if Justin is paying attention, he can answer too. (laughs) True. (laughs) True. Or in the chat, you let me know if you want to know more about it, and we will start. Last time this happened, he actually texted me instead of commenting in the thing. He he was, like, listening, and he was logged into Mixler, but he he texted me instead of, I'm like, post it in the chat. He's like, well, I have your phone number. (laughs) It's true. It's true. You do. All right. Here's the headline. You tell me, do you do you care? Can you escape this Mission Impossible escape room? Do we care? Yes. Marketing, right? So Mission Impossible is putting these escape rooms in big cities. Yeah. It's just like a like a room and it's got a lock on it. Okay. And they put you in there and it's like an escape room game where you have to figure out the clues and how to get out. Josh, have you ever done an escape room? Have you No, but I did find out we have one here in Nashville. Okay. Um called Escape Game, I think is what it's called. And it looks like I just found out about it. It looks fascinating. I really want to do it. There's one in the Ozarks in Springfield, Missouri called Clue Pursuit, and um, I've been to that one, and it is so much fun. So I am definitely interested in this. I would say, do we care? Yes, I care. The thing, thing about these kind of things is I know they don't have the marketing budget for it, but it always seems like it's New York, L.A., and maybe a couple other big cities, you know? And it's like, 
I don't, I don't live there. I don't live there. <laughs> you know, so I can't take part. Uh, and so if I and look, you're and you're not the um, Mission Impossible fan where you're going to drive cross country to be a part of it. <laughs> oh man, I want to interview that person. Bonnie in the chat <laughs> says yes, she did care about that. Good, good, good. I want to meet that person who is willing to drive all the way across the country to take part in a marketing scheme for a movie they love. <laughs> <laughs> Like that's a person they don't need to do it for. Like he's already good. They're <laughs> already right. gonna see that movie. They're already in. They they're already, <laughs> they're already in. in. Well, in case you're wondering, uh, if you live in New York, Boston, San Francisco, or Los Angeles, uh, they will be at the AMC. I think they're in a deal with AMC to do them. So that is one. So many people just got inspired to rent a pod, like those moving pods. Yeah. And just put together their own. Invent their own escape room. And so many brothers and sisters are going to be <laughs> locked in pods now. I was just playing the escape room game, called, Mom. That's just called kidnapping. <laughs> <laughs> if it's not condoned Please by Please check your local law. <laughs> and, your law and, and your law enforcement will indeed care. <laughs> yes, so. they will. <laughs> All right. I left her a clue. It's a Twinkie. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, PBS puts Finding Your Roots on hold after Affleck debacle. Do we care? I don't even know what that means. Okay, they put on hold. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't keep reading. Is that clickbait? What is that? No, it's a show that Ben Affleck uh, was featured in called "Finding Your Roots" that goes into the genetics of celebrities, uh, like who's in their past. Well, didn't we already do yeah. this once? This was already a TV show. So I think it is already a TV show, but they're putting it on hold for this season because they took something out about Ben Affleck having uh, slaves as ancestors. Uh-huh. They cut it out of the show, and they are getting. Flack for it? Flack for editorial oversight where, you know, it's supposed to be a show that's, you know, more open or whatever. So. We should know that his, you know, ancestors made a terrible mistake. Yeah. Interesting, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with Josh. I mean, although, Aaron, technically you went ahead and told us. As I will, whether you care or not. Because <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day, I'm sitting in front of the computer screen. This does This does tweak this thing in me where I get... I get frustrated, and I know it's part of our celebrity culture. I know it's just part of cultural in general. You know, we all feel like we have we have rights to know things about yeah. other people. Yeah, and uh, everyone has a choice on what they share, and a TV show has a choice in what they share. That's their editorial decision, and an individual has a choice on what they decide to share. And we also live in a world where if somebody wants to dig into public information, they can do that and then exploit you or quote-unquote expose these things about you and I, I really wish that that would go away and how that goes away is stop clicking on those things Aaron right you when you click <laughs> but you make a vote for that kind of crap when you do that but this is a story about that it is not that itself I don't think this this is a story about yeah, but, how our but, culture is doing but if that. you're giving it a buzz if you're you're clicking it and you're you're saying I vote for more stuff like this to be part of what makes it to the top of I'm people's sorry. interest I gave it power you gave it power <laughs> don't do it sorry about to do it again. I am off my soapbox. I have removed myself from the soapbox. You keep that soapbox handy. I love it. All right. So can we take a quick step back for a second? Um, Talking about that game. Do you guys, did you guys, I'm trying to find it actually. There's a documentary on Netflix about a a huge game in uh, San Francisco that this guy started. And it was a citywide, like where he started dropping these clues all over the city um, are you guys familiar with this at all? From an airplane? Well, I remember there was oh. there was a comp- there's an annual competition in San Francisco that is like a Clue Pursuit type thing, or but it's or across a, the city. The it's, it's almost like Amazing Race more than Clue Pursuit. It's like you know, this, are they training is, people yeah, for the apocalypse? This is totally underground. Like it's a story he was making. It was a, it took place over years where these people would see. It was just, oh, God, I got to find the thing. You keep going. But, yeah, yeah it link, is link us a fascinating then, uh, documentary. Me, like, it was crazy. And I yeah, don't remember what it was. Josh, like. find it and send it to us, and we'll put it in the show notes. Okay. And if you want to access the show notes, go to AaronAndDanae.com. And those are usually posted in a few, a few. You'll have them up tomorrow, you yep. think? Okay. Those will be posted tomorrow, and you'll be able to take a look at a lot of this stuff, as well as uh, links to these Do We Care articles that you either care about or don't. All right, number three, Um, (laughs) Star Wars, first details of what happened between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. Do we care? No. Yeah, I care, but I don't want to hear a spoiler. See, this is interesting to me because 
this is the kind of spoiler I can get behind because it doesn't. It's between the two movies. No. So it's like stuff that's not going to be shown in the movie. No. <laughs> <laughs> can I tell you why? Can I tell you why sure. now? I feel like if I st- then I have to learn about an entire world right. that I know so like superficially that I'll then have to begin to understand all of the complexity of the Star Wars world, which I, I do appreciate. I'm not saying no because I don't appreciate it. I'm saying I don't have the time. <laughs> I don't have time to learn about it. I wouldn't click on that one. All right. I would just be like, cool. I would share that for my friends. Hey, Very guys, nice. if you want to know about this. We'll move yeah. on then. Uh, number four, this is why your arms won't get torn off on Disneyland rides. Do we care? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm going to say we do care about why our arms will not be oh, torn off of our bodies. <laughs> they have a machine that they put on the track uh, that runs the – and it's called the Envelope of Protection. <laughs> And what this machine does is it simulates something beyond what anybody could reach on these rides. Okay. And then runs the roller coaster. And it has little, it has little, it's it's this crazy looking old machine that uh-huh. has like little uh, wooden like popsicle right. sticks off the edge. Okay. And where the popsicle sticks break off. <laughs> there's a problem. They know there's a problem. <laughs> But, so this is also why they outlawed the selfie sticks at Disneyland. Yes. Yes. They're very this, dangerous this. on rides because they can get caught on so many things and then people Be- can get really hurt. Yeah. The the envelope of protection does not account for the selfie stick. So surely they do this in more than just Disney. And I'm going to hope because there is a um, – so again, in the Ozarks of Missouri, there is a theme park called Silver Dollar City. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know, if you don't know a lot about the Ozarks, it's very wooded and Silver Dollar City. If you were to look at it from like, oh, I don't know, Google Maps or Google Earth and you have it on, you know, you can't see it because it's just so wooded. Yeah, it's so wooded. So the roller coasters are like whipping you through the forest. And I am I do wonder. Here's the thing about trees. (laughs) They grow. They grow. (laughs) Right. This is. This is what I'm saying. It's like they sure they have to have their envelope of protection, you know, regularly. They have to That's be right. so careful about trees glow, grow. Trees well, this do. is something I, I have thought about since I'm six foot five. I, I do think about this. Me too. Me too. Roller coaster rides. I'm like, there's a there's a minimum size requirement, but there's not a maximum. <laughs> They're like, you can put your arms up, and you're like, nope, I'm good. Uh, can I? <laughs> yeah. I, re- I remember riding Space Mountain for the first time and going, I am not safe. Like, if I raise my arms, you know, I'm going to be in Or if you stretch your danger. spine. Yeah. Now, do you do you inherently, like, duck on like in, in doorways and stuff anyway? Because yes. that's what I did. That's what I did all those rides. Every time I went to a cave, I ducked just yeah. in case. Yep, absolutely. I don't have that fear. So now you know. It's called the Envelope of Protection, and we'll put a put a picture up in the show notes so you can see this machine. Thank you, Envelope of Protection. For protecting Thank you. Our, our digits. Somebody's <laughs> going to make a movie about the Envelope of Protection in the future. <laughs> nice. All right. By the way, I texted you guys okay. um, or uh, tweeted to you guys. It's called the Institute. Okay. Very nice. Fascinating documentary. All right. Final Do We Care headline. Disney's Hollywood studios could undergo $3 billion overhaul to add more Star Wars, Pixar, and Indiana Jones. Do we care? Yes. Yeah, I think we care, but I I got all the information I want in the headline. (laughs) No need to read the article. don't need to go into the article. I, I I am thinking about how expensive it must be. <laughs> like to... well, here's my I do, question. I, I want to hear because I want to know if they are talking any specific plans about Indiana Jones yet. Because that's I'm sure it's not, but that's what would get me to keep reading. Yeah. that's that's my fate. That's my like I love Star Wars, but Indiana Jones is my Star Wars. Like that's my my franchise. The that's. Up- it says the updated park will be dominated by Star Wars, Pixar, and Indiana Jones. By the way, it already is. Like, dominated by... There's... Not Indiana Jones is not. Well, they've got the stunt spectacular. Well, they get... closed it. Oh, they, they did? did? That's Disney right. Disney World, they, they closed it, yeah. Whoa. I'm yeah. glad that yeah, I, I went love... to go see that last year. Then. Oh, they do have a picture here of the new Hollywood Studios. It is in three sections. Uh, a Star Wars section, a Pixar section, 
And then maybe a miscellaneous section that has the Tower of Terror in the, the castaways, Rock and Roller Coast. the rejects. <laughs> so I don't see where Indiana Jones is. Uh, I don't see the Indiana Jones <laughs> section. Um, oh, I'm sorry. This is a this is a fan Photoshop. So this is this is not official. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> Way to go, Aaron. The other problem. The other problem with headlines. That's yes. right. That's absolutely right. It's written by a 12 year old. <laughs> we'll put the link up so you can read the whole article of as of course. And uh, yes, 12 year olds know how to use Photoshop. That is true. They do. I have that. Well, that was fun. We haven't done one of those in a while. Yeah, I like the do we that care. Was fun. Uh, we've also instituted a new way to finish the show every Sift Pop called Buried Treasure, since the idea of Sift Pop is sifting through pop culture and finding those pop culture nuggets that you want to present to the world. Um, Josh, why don't you present your nuggets first? Go, Aaron! <laughs> Aha! Well, it's, a very per- it's a personal nugget, I will say. <laughs> that was sounded weird, didn't it? You need to run these things by me first. <laughs> <laughs> Just it's a it. tiny and that's nugget. A t- <laughs> <laughs> and that's why we're going with buried treasure and not pop nuggets. Oh, how, is that, how is that better? <laughs> I agree. I agree. It's just a different part of the anatomy. Oh, so, so Josh, good. what's your buried treasure oh. this week? All right. So my... Um, my brother is a as a actor and a filmmaker as well as myself and uh they he produced it was part of a movie project um uh last year that they they did it but it's a little it's talking about indie film this is a, a a very small budget indie uh psychological horror film called Closer to God um I'm going to put it Closer to God people can check it out it's on Twitter or whatever um, it is a modern Frankenstein story it is a a story about cloning um, it kind of, I, I'm, I actually have a small part in the movie, um, as well as some other, um, fr- you know, other local actors in Nashville, a lot of really great, 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 great talent. It's, when I say local actors, people get like this weird thing, but this is like the top, this is some of the top ta- uh, talent in Nashville. Um, but, um, this is the little, literally the little movie that could, like, it's a little, tiny budget and they pushed and scrapped and you know clawed their way and they are get they actually have opening weekend this weekend at select theaters in town and and it's not called it's not a it's not a four walling thing i don't know if you guys are familiar with the term four walling where basically a a, a a movie will rent out a theater so that they can say they had a theatrical release right yeah it's yeah, not, yeah this is not four walled at all like these these theaters uh, around really wanted it anyway the 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 great thing is there's a lot of really awesome uh, reviews and buzz about it. Um, That's really cool, it, man. Ain't it ain't it cool? News called my brother uh, said his performance was riveting. Whoa! Um, but Dread Central, uh, the Daily Herald, L.A. Times, the Movie Guys, IndieWire, um, all a lot of big. I mean, a lot of other publications too. But a lot of these big publications are following the movie and the story. That's anyway, really cool. You got, if it's in a city close to you, people listening, watching. Go check it out. It's a pretty spectacular movie. Give, um, give us the name again. It's called Closer to God. Um, but my brother is the lead in it, and he's also one of the uh, one of the producers on it. And it has been a, a, a what's a, a, a labor of love for him for the last. I'm going to say very cool. He, he and the director uh, Billy Sinise, um, and there's a lot of other people involved too. But it's been they've been working on it for a couple of years now, and it's really good for them. Your so. your brother Jeremy, right? Yes, I didn't mention that. Jeremy Childs is yeah. my brother. So your brother Jeremy, my first interaction with him, I was at a camp, at a summer camp, and he was in a group that was doing drama, and he did some sort of skit about like a dating like a dating application thing or whatever. Oh, nice. And he blew my mind. He is a phenomenal actor. Like in just being in that room, just like like he became another character. It was it really was one of the first things that kind of turned me on to the power of in-person acting. And right uh, I don't know if I've ever shared that story with you, but you know, it was, no, re- it was really kind of one of those moments where I was like, wow, that's cool that people can do that. You know? So, well, he's the, he's the reason that I became an actor as well. So bl- blessing or a curse. That's on, <laughs> that's on him. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Danae, what's your buried treasure? I have none. Really? I can't think of anything. Ooh. Okay. Hey, can I say that? Um, I did watch the, I uh, read the first story in, um, of uh, the thing you mentioned last oh, time. Oh, Gunner Krieg? 
Gunnar Craig. I, I read the first book. How did you um, How did you like that? Uh, I did like it by the time it was done. It grew yeah. on me. Yeah. At the beginning, I was like, these are, what am I, like, this is, that's not a story, is it? And then I realized. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, it's all, like, it's all. That's how webcomics work. It's, 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 it's a slow burn. It's a, but yes. I loved it. Yeah. Yes. So I'm, I'm anxious to get back to it. It actually inspired me to go, hey, I wonder if I can make my own. Yeah. There are some really incredible web comics, and I am passionate about that for sure. Got one you want to throw out there for your buried treasure? Um, I don't want to call it buried treasure. I am not adding to this buried treasure thing. This is uncomfortable <laughs> and strange. Fine. You get to name things from now on. My plug would be that sounds weird too. Now. <laughs> Everything's just going to sound plug. weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, shout out. My, my digital shout out. I was just compar- I was comparing it to the idea no, of sift I get pop. It. You know, I you get sift it. through something I get and it. yeah. I just have such a dirty mind. <laughs> it's my fault. Now I really I really couldn't think of anything. I, I've got nothing new. Like my cool. pop culture world is, you know, video game playing and shout it out if you want to. Um I'm going with a TV show that's been around for a long time and it's actually kind of one of my pet things when a show's been around a while but people have fallen off. If it's still good, I like to let people know I think it's still good. Uh, I think Big Brother is still a fun show to watch. Um, it is a reality show that, if you don't know about it, it's it's basically cameras are on all the time on these people, and it's kind of a psychological experiment about how humans interact in a you know a kind of in a uh, trapped enclosed Confined space, yeah, in a space together, yeah. And there not only is some really great human psychology that all, that happens on this, but over the years, the show has gotten away from the titillation aspect of what they do and geared ah. and geared more on the gameplay and, uh, you know, kind of the chess match of the whole thing. And that's what I love. And so it's really fun because it, it is the reality show that is based on always changing the game. So, like, it's a twist every week. You know, something gotcha. different's happening with how they're voting people off or who's in charge or those kind of things. And so the chess match is always evolving for these players. And it's just it's it's a show that I think a lot of people uh, gave up on because it was so focused on, you know, the bikinis and the bodies in the first couple seasons. And now that's such in the background. So it's it's cool. Yeah, go to Survivor for that. <laughs> they're starving hey, can themselves. I take, can I take Danae's shout out? Since yeah, do it. Do it. So you saying that reminded me, I just finished this ser- another series on Netflix called uh, The Story of Film and Odyssey. And it is the best film class that you can take without having to go to a film class. This guy, it's just this documentary series, 15 episodes, and it covers basically the history of film from like the beginning, Whoa. the first time somebody waved at a camera to people getting freaked out that a train was barreling towards them on a camera all the way through like the first cut in a film to the first you know jump cut to the first whatever and all the different styles and who influenced who and what shot was you know all this stuff all the way up to you know the the 2000s uh it is it was like candy i I finished it and immediately went back and started playing it again from the beginning only only this time with a notebook because it is fat if you love film like this is the most extensive love song to film that I've ever witnessed. Great, and it's on Netflix. And what's it called again? The story of film and Odyssey. I will say, once you hit the seventies and beyond, because they're talking about all genres of film, like um, they start getting into some of the weird stuff, and so there's some images that you like you would never watch this movie, and you see these images from these movies, and you're like, oh crap, that's burned in my brain forever. <laughs> But the original, like the early stuff, especially if you're if you're mindful of that and know, like, hey, I don't really want to see you know ants coming out of somebody's hand or something, or Jodorowsky, uh, he's a weird filmmaker, but Jodorowsky's mm-hmm. films, like, they, like there's some of that stuff when you hit from the '70s on on, but it's still like totally fascinating, totally worth it. Cool, Brenton from the chat says his boys love Adventures in Odyssey. But that's probably something um, different. It's probably something different. <laughs> Although I think I, I know the, one of the guys who writes for that. Actually. Do you really? That's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. Think, I think that's what he writes for. Anyway. Very cool. That's my shout out. Thank you, Danae, for letting me have your shout out. Hey, no problem. It's called Buried Treasure. So I don't know why you guys keep calling thank it you. shout outs. <laughs> hey, thank you for giving me your buried treasure. <laughs> no, See? See? No. There are problems with that. No, no. Well, here we are. The end of the podcast. 
Sad this is times. It. For yeah. All. Hey, we didn't get a chance to really remind people about kind of where to connect with us and how to support the show. So why don't you throw that out there? This show is entirely funded by our fans at Patreon.com. Thank you so much for giving your dollar a month, three dollars a month, ten, thirty. We've got people giving at all these different levels, and there's more to come. In fact, when we get to our next goal, which is fifty more dollars a month as of the recording today, mm-hmm. uh, we are going to be doing some fun stuff with that. You can read about that at Patreon.com/slash Aaron and Danae. In fact you want to go to our website there's all kinds of links there to past shows and show notes uh, more about what Aaron and I do at AaronAndDanae.com we're live on Mixler every Tuesday and Friday right now at noon or you can search for Shoe the Dough at iTunes or Stitcher and while you're there if you wouldn't mind subscribing making a comment all that kind of fun stuff we would absolutely appreciate it Uh, Josh you got anything else you want to say before you turn off the microphones um, thanks for letting me come play with you guys. I have a blast. We are glad to have you. We yeah. love having you on as our uh, geek. That is, that is absolutely our true. rotational geek. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Thank you guys again for coming over to another episode of Shoe the Dough Live. Fridays is for Stiff Pop Pop Culture. If you have any other questions or comments, leave them for us somewhere. We will find them. Hey, Josh, do you mind sticking around in talking like spoilers from Terminator Genesis? And maybe we can offer that up on Patreon to our Patreon supporters. You mind doing that? Yes. <laughs> oh, wait, I mean, no. That's right, I mean, no. Spoilers. I love spoiling. <laughs> Are we going to talk about the helicopters? <laughs> nice. Well, we'll make sure and do that. Uh, if you want to access the bonus content, just go to our Patreon page and then we'll have it up uh, for anybody that supports us. We'll be able to access that, and we'll do. We'll talk all about Terminator Genesis and all throughout Things we it. We didn't get into. Yeah. Spoiler alerts: There are Terminators in the Terminator <laughs> movie. Whoa, Josh! Save it for the extras. <laughs> Sorry. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo Fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.